Hi, everyone. Welcome to Millennium Live, a digital diary podcast. We sit down with the top C-suite executives and talk all things digital transformation. Creator of Cloud Wars and former chief communications officer at Oracle, Bob Evans sits down with us to discuss the era of digital transformation. As companies remake themselves to thrive in a digital world, Cloud Wars tells customer-centric stories about where the enterprise technology is going. Bob addressed our audience as keynote speaker at our Digital Enterprise Transformation Assembly. As billions of consumers go digital, can your company keep up? Bob, thank you very much for joining us. Nick, thanks very much. Pleasure to be here. Can you share with our audience and community a little bit more about yourself and your work as the host of Cloud Wars? Sure. I've, ha I've had a lot of fun, Nick, uh, for a while, uh, a number of years. I've covered the tech industry, not as a technologist, but trying to understand the business strategy and the impact technology has on business. So that's been a lot of fun. I did that as a journalist and analyst. I worked at SAP. I worked at Oracle. And now I'm working on my own here. And Cloud Wars is the media company I started about a year ago. And the effort there is to try to look at what's going on with all these great technologies from a business customer's point of view. Which one of these companies, in addition to creating very cool code, is really understanding what the business imperatives are of the assembly and the, the great C-level executives that Millennium Alliance pulls together. Fantastic. So you obviously have a passion for communications and obviously a lot of time in technology. Has you know, communications always been in your DNA or did you have a certain career experience that really triggered the passion? Well, I, I, there's probably a different ways of looking at that. I think there were, uh, I'm one of seven siblings. I was number six and uh, six of us were boys and they're all bigger than me. So I had to learn pretty early how to uh, use the gift of gab to negotiate some of the harder corners and elbows around them. But uh, no, uh, Nick, I think I always did enjoy this notion of telling stories about things. And I think we'll look back not too far into the future and see that this era that we're in right now is probably the equal or uh, more profound than the Industrial Revolution or anything that's happened before, because it changes every facet of our lives. I'm the youngest of three with two older sisters, so I know get a loud voice and use it to, to be heard. I'm with you on that one. So as you mentioned, you've had an extremely successful career, including working at major tech companies like SAP and Oracle. What has been your key to success as a business leader? Nick, you know, again, I, I, I've just felt incredibly lucky to be around at these times to be involved in some of these things. And one of the things that I think about communication is so important is listening. I think too often people confuse communication with being on the, you know, the output end. So this opportunity to listen to some really bright people within this industry, but especially your your community here. These people in these businesses that Millennium Alliance draws here, they're doing things that are going to have reverberations on every part of our lives, every part of the world for many, many years to come. So I just think it's been a great privilege for me to get to be able to hear that and to try to convey some of those stories and look ahead a little bit about what does this mean and where are we headed. Fantastic. So as a you know, major business leader, you probably worked for some pretty extraordinary people. Can you name a certain person or just in your life who has had an extraordinary impact on you as a leader? Well, and Nick, can I mention two? Sure. You can mention right. five if you want. So. <laughs> well, I'm going to go with two here. The first one had to be my mom, and uh, she was a tiny woman among a lot of big, loud boys, and she put it into our head very clearly and very early on that we had a lot to be humble about and you know, to work hard and do things the right way. She was uh, sort of my sharpest critic about writing and other things, and I, I loved her for that. Very dear. Huge help there. On the other end of the spectrum, 
I got to work pretty closely at Oracle with Larry Ellison. And I think uh, just in terms of the sheer intellect, it was, I'd often have to leave meetings with him, Nick, and go somewhere and sit down by myself for a little while and just try to, what happened there? What all did I hear? What were the really important things? And Larry's range of interests, I think, you know, he's known as a, somebody who does things in technology, but the things he's doing in the areas of, you know, biosciences right now, the stuff he's done with sailboat racing, he's helping to revolutionize professional tennis because his view is you make it better for the players, then it'll be better for the audiences and better all around. More kids will want to play it. So uh, just a remarkable guy and uh, the range of stuff he's done. I think he'll be remembered as one of the greatest uh, business executives in any industry for, you know, for history. Touching on that, what is one characteristic that you believe every leader should possess? Nick, right now, there's so many forces at work here in the world, right? The technology is changing and advancing and doing some remarkable things. These great companies that you have here as your guests and part of your community for a few days, they're doing things that are extraordinary here. There's so many things happening so quickly. I think it really pushes leaders to decide right now, where is the where is that point where an, a, a desire to sort of keep things quiet, not go too far, where does that run into fear? And that's either fear within an individual, in an organization, you can sort of smell that. You and I chatted a little bit earlier today. There's no middle ground left, right? I think your, your companies are either going to be the disruptor or they're going to be disrupted. And they have a choice to make. I'm going to be the roadkill or I'm going to be the, the vehicle that drives over it. So I think for leaders today, the issue is one about overcoming these notions of either whether you want to call it inertia or fear or corporate culture, defying sometimes boards that are more worried about short-term results than the long-term implications for the company. Uh, you're one of your great guests here today, Chris Drumgoole from GE. He said, for 130 years, GE has prided itself. You've got to make the right decisions for the long term, even if in the short term, they might have some adverse in impacts for the company. So I, I think today we're seeing that in spades. You kind of just touched on this a little bit, but in recent years, consumers have demanded more and more transparencies from companies, including big tech. Um, how have the big technology companies transformed the way they communicate and educate consumers, employees about their products, the company purpose and values. It's so interesting these days, right, because you've got these extraordinary technology companies and they employ tens of thousands of some of the greatest engineers, computer scientists, mathematicians in the world. And rightly so, all of those people are incredibly proud of the stuff that they develop and the code that they develop. And for the first, you know, 20, 30, 35 years of the tech industry, those tech creators sold to other tech experts inside the corporations. And it was tech speaking to tech with a very techy language. But in the last five to 10 years, we've seen the rise of business people making more of these decisions. So the tech industry has had to learn to communicate not so much about their, the pride and joy of the engineers and the code, but rather what's the business benefit of this? Why should somebody care? Why should somebody who's a CFO for a long time get interested in a, a newfangled idea like employee experience? Well, what if that employee experience technology can help you reduce turnover, can help you keep your best people, can help those great people inside the company have better, longer careers where they contribute more? So I think it's that flip from the tech side of things to the business outcomes. How big a transformation has this been and how would you say today the, the tech industry is doing towards this goal? Well, again, I think this, this idea of digital transformation is going to 
have impacts that will just extend for decades. And it's going to touch every person on the, on the planet. This isn't narrow. It's not just about the tech industry or a few big companies. It changes how we live, how we learn, how we play, how kids grow up, how they experience the world, what's possible. It's leveled the fields for a lot of entrepreneurs to come in and do things that enter fields and be competitive that they never could have done of not very long ago. So, uh, Nick, to me, that's one of the things that's extraordinary. But I think there's also got to be, along with that, an accompanying sense of humility because we know from history that stuff today that consumes our attention, that fires our imagination, we think this is it. I mean, this is the zenith of creativity. It is a fleeting moment in the longer stretch of time. So pride, aggressiveness, a lack of fear, but also a sense of humility that this is a step on the way to somewhere else. It's similar to what you were talking about earlier. You know, the disrupt, it's not just an error. Like things are always going to be disrupted and it's going to keep happening. It's not just this five-year period. Yeah, and I think that's where the best leaders are distinguishing themselves, right? You get the teams motivated, excited, connecting with customers in ways they never did before. Unleash that power of the team, but at the same time, you're keeping your head up and looking just over the horizon. What's coming next, and how do we celebrate what we're doing now, but also be prepared, be aggressive, be humble, be open-minded toward where we need to go in the future. Don't get wedded to some of these successes we make. And Nick, if I could just go back into a little bit of ancient history. Like when I started my business career, companies would have seven-year plans, 10-year plans, and they'd stick to them, right? Yeah. I mean, <laughs> you know, hey, we're, we're in month 97 of our 120-month uh, plan. And, you know, that was right for that time. That would be disastrous today. That's an interesting point because you still hear of organizations and companies doing a five-year strategic plan. And they've got to have within that that nimbleness and agility to change month to month, quarter to quarter, because a company, it's perfectly fine to have those plans, but that company's success or failure is going to be based on how well it connects with the outside world. And we know as consumers in the outside world what we want, what we expect, what we desire, and what we demand that's changing constantly. So as the balance of power in the buyer-seller equation is tipped over toward us, the consumers, we're going to put relentless pressure on companies to change how they do things to suit our needs. So the notion of a five-year plan is good, but it's got to be based on how the world outside operates, not what is convenient or lo locked down in some strategy calendar. Interesting. So I want to switch gears a little bit. We're honored to have you as our keynote speaker. I know you're going to be talking about as billions of consumers go digital, how companies keep up. Can you just give a little bit what you're hoping to instill in uh, the audience here at the assembly? Yep. Uh, Nick, it, it's, a, it's a fantastic opportunity. And again, the, the heart of what I'm going to try to get at here is understanding with the incredible type of attendees and community, the guests that you have here for the Millennium Alliance Assembly here is uh, extraordinary. So I'm not going to be able to tell any of these people anything that they don't know yet about what's going on. So I'm going to try to look at a few different things from a high-level point of view. And one is we're going to talk about 10 megatrends, 10 examples of companies going through this digital transformation, and 15 quick quiz questions that I'd like to toss out to everybody because we sometimes get so caught up in what we're doing in our jobs day to day, just a little bit of a step back and say, how am I doing against, you know, the broader universe? We talked a little bit about this earlier, but, you know, throughout your career, you get invited to, to attend and speak at a lot of us, uh, events around the world. 
Um, what really stood out about the Digital Enterprise Transformation Assembly that A, made you, you know, want to come and join us here and in your time being here today that you've, you've seen? Nick, it always for me comes down to the caliber and the quality of the people in the audience, the attendees, the community that's involved in it. And I, I'm not trying to come off as an elitist about that, but really what I saw with what you folks at Millennium Alliance are doing here with the Digital Enterprise Technology Assembly, it's, it's an extraordinary group of people. So I was honored to be able to come and share some ideas. And I hope in addition to fulfilling uh, you know, my role here as a speaker, I also want to try to listen as much as possible and learn as much as I can from this group. And so to me, that's always the deciding factor. That's fantastic advice, but speaking of advice, what, would, what one piece of advice would you give someone going into a C-suite leadership position for the first time? Well, two things I think always stand out. One is that I, I think uh, folks moving into those roles for the first time sometimes feel like he or she must prove that he or she deserves that job. And I think that's a little bit counterproductive, right? You know, you got the job. So clearly, other people feel you deserve to have this. Now, what do you show that you're going to be able to do to take that role and do things in that that people haven't done before? You're not only going to fulfill the, the basic expectations and obligations, but in this world where everything, Nick, as we've been talking about, is changing so quickly, the role of the CMO, CHRO, CFO, CIO, CTO, CEO, those are changing rapidly. So can that new person show that he or she can not only keep up with what's happening, but can he or she be a driver of some of these extraordinary new capabilities that are going to be necessary to succeed and thrive in the digital economy? A couple of last questions for you. So with your Cloud Wars fantastic podcast, obviously talk to a lot of industry titans in technology. What one company is, and what they're doing, digital transformation or in general, is really exciting you with the work they're doing and you know, leading from the front? There's a very big uh, grocery store chain in the U.S. called Kroger's. I think it's $120 billion. Yeah, it's, a, it's a little small company. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> $10 billion a month. Uh, you think about that, you know, $2.5 billion a week in revenue they're doing. Kroger's been around for a century, and they've decided in the last couple of years that in addition to selling groceries, they need to become a software company. Not just, you know, some of the little standard things like customized email or whatever it might be. They are creating commercial software that they are going to not only use internally, but they're going to sell to other retail companies. And they felt that this, Nick, is doing two things for them. One, this specialized type of software. They felt they needed to do some of this themselves to differentiate from their competitors and create superior customer experiences. And the second part of it was they see it as a new revenue opportunity, future growth for them. Uh, but I think that, to me, is mind-blowing. And if you can say that Right, perhaps in some ways we tend to think of a grocery company as fairly basic, you know, it's low margin, changing. Yet those people had the courage and the capability and the ambition to go out and say, we're going to do something profoundly different to help dazzle our customers today and create new growth opportunities for tomorrow. That is a fantastic example, um, especially because a lot of legacy companies, you know, the 100-year, you know, 150-year companies, they're the ones who struggle with innovation the most. So to be able to innovate something like that, that's pretty incredible. You know, that's such an interesting time right now because some of these big companies, you can look at them and say, well, it's going to be harder for them, right? It's, you know, turning around the oil tanker in the middle of a swimming pool, it's, it's going to be impossible. But 
for those big companies, they're able to harness all those things, the knowledge, the market capability, the expertise of their people, the relationships with customers. If they can harness that and then have the energy and the courage to plunge boldly into some new areas, they're going to be unstoppable. And I think that those incumbents have a fantastic opportunity, but it's going to take the sort of leadership that you've been talking about here today and that I think you and the folks at Millennium Alliance are doing such a great service to your communities by bringing these subjects up. Nobody is guaranteed success in this future. Nobody's going to be walled off from it. It depends on your desire, your energy, your vision, and your willingness to create great environments for your people. What is your number one prediction and your number one tip for the C-suite executive for 2020? I would, uh, not so much in the deep tech side of this, but AI and machine learning for whatever uh, a C-suite executive is looking at that right now, I think you need to multiply that times a factor of five or 10 with the impact that's going to have. Just two quick details to back that up, Nick. One is, uh, and I'm sure there's a lot of other big tech companies doing similar things, but Microsoft in its last quarterly earnings call said they now have 20,000 paying AI customers including 85 of the Fortune 100. So 20,000 of them, these aren't trials, these aren't skunk works in the basement. This is happening and it's gonna explode onto the scene, I think faster than many of us could, uh, would ever have expected. Bob Evans, thank you very much for joining us here in Miami. Nick, thank you, it's a pleasure to be here. Thanks so much for having me. Thanks so much for tuning in. Make sure to listen and subscribe to our podcast exclusively on iTunes and SoundCloud to get the inside scoop from top execs in the world of digital transformation.